welcome to this episode of Random Ramblings, the official Leadership Arts Podcast, where we provide you with your dose of random inspiration to motivate you to thrive personally and professionally. My name is Sam Smeltzer, and I am extremely privileged to be your host on this episode. And um, yeah, so welcome to March and... Here in York, Pennsylvania, I think we've been getting a tease, having it being in the 50s all the way up. I think we hit in the 80 degrees um, last week or so, and then it drops back down to the 30s, um, and I've been kind of rebelling. I took the boots off and packing away the winter stuff and like refusing to get it back out, um, and I know I have to be careful because that second wind of sickness is in the air. My youngest, um, once again, <laughs> woke up yesterday and now it's not feeling so good today on this beautiful Sunday that we're at home. So um, take care of yourselves out there if you're local to the area because clearly we are not into spring yet, even though I'm thinking spring and the sunshine is back and it is beautiful outside. And this March um, has a very special place to my heart because there's something that is happening at Leadership Arts, which has been something that's been in the making for a long time. And it launched last year. We did it digitally. And I have to be honest, the reason why it happened digitally is because I have been questioning myself. I've been dealing with self-doubt if really what I'm putting out there is any good. Um, you know, the, the podcast has been really great for me because it's allowed me to be kind of in a safe space. I mean, I sit in a room all by myself and talk about these things. I get um, lovely feedback, whether it is criticism or just love that you're sending my way. Um, I'm a little taken back every time I run into somebody who has listened to the podcast because I do kind of just feel like I'm in my own little space and I get to just talk and work things out. But uh, earlier this year, it was uh, November, we launched this digitally called this work-love concept, this work-love movement, which now um, I've really come to own as being an experience, and it's called the work-love experience. And when it came out initially, uh, I was challenged, and I'm always challenged with how do I share exactly what has gone into any of our programs, um, and how does it reach the people that's truly meant uh built to to do and that's something that I'm always working on and I will continue to work on um work love is not going to go anywhere it's just going to get better and stronger each year but uh, I'm really going to step up and own it and this March at the end of this month we're actually hosting our very first live work love experience at our offices in York Pennsylvania um and that's kind of a big deal for me I used to think that success was defined by size. So how many people are there? That's how successful it is. And through the last year, I've really had this eye-opening, privileged experience to know that it really is the connection one-on-one. And so we went from looking for a larger venue to doing a massive launch to keeping it more intimate and really just doing a targeted kind of launch. And really having the primary focus on having a small group to go through this experience together because the results are going to be huge. And I was very honored to be a part of that for the small group that went through it digitally. It just happened that way that we had a small group, but to see the outcomes that were happening individually on their own as they were going through the digital version of this experience, 
and now to bring people together and have that collaboration piece and that sharing piece um, and really be able to control the space, it's going to be unbelievable. And I know I'm talking and you're saying, what are you talking about? I don't even understand what this work love thing is. And that's why I wanted to vote all of March talking about the major things that led me to creating the work love experience and where exactly it came from. And today um, I'm going to keep it more high level about exactly what got me to that place, why I thought it was so significant to create this experience uh, that is out there that I'm so passionate about and having this um, almost kind of like a movement and um, really driven to get momentum behind it, not letting letting it die. But then in the next three weeks, I want to provide three lessons that were essentially my biggest takeaways from doing the exercises that are a part of the experience um, and share this with you, just give those to you. Because one of the things that happened when we went digitally to a live experience is that digitally we did it over, uh, it's basically two full days. We did two half days and one full day worth of content. Uh, but now we're taking it down to a six hour workshop at the end of the month on March 30th. It's a Thursday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then we're going to feed you and take care of all that and parking downtown. Um, so I needed to get serious about what content needed to focus on in that six hours. And I thought, well, this other content is awesome and it helps build the why. And I'm going to just put it out on the podcast. So there are essentially five points when it comes down to why work love. Why did I focus on it? Why am I so passionate about it? Um, and I didn't, I didn't envision it being work love when it was first created. I felt a strong calling to basically share what I had gone through professionally and why I ended up creating leadership arts. Because one of the things that I think has been so impactful for me was I've really struggled with the title of entrepreneur. Um, and I've really struggled with the expectations when I'm um, doing interviews or getting questions or even just connecting with people where there's an assumption that I was a natural born entrepreneur. And a lot of the entrepreneurial duties that I have in my role, um, they, they stress me out and they cause me a lot of anxiety. And uh, I remember one day uh, we were driving in the car and I asked my husband if he thought I was one of these natural born entrepreneurs, like if this is what I was always meant to, to do. And that's what was missing in my life. Uh, and he, his response back was very profound to me. He basically said, Sam, if leadership arts existed in some capacity, you would have found it. You would have applied. You have got hired and end of story. You had been perfectly happy being an employee for leadership arts. The issue was, is that you looked and it didn't exist. Uh, and that's what drew, drove you to basically create it. And that's, that's true. Um, and so now it's caused me to start asking the question of what drove me to get to that point of feeling like I had to create this company and try to figure all that out and take on that whole new lack of structure, lack of, uh, really getting rid of any kind of professional security that I had. Um, you know, what got me to that point? And, he, when I started Leadership Arts, I really did have a choice that I could have made. 
I could have stayed home. I could have been a stay-at-home mom. I could have been a blogger. I could have um, totally taken it in a different direction rather than staying or trying to get back and create an organization where I could be where I was professionally before. And so that kind of asks the question, why is that important to me? Um, and one of the, the points that I want to share with you as to why the Work Love Program is so significant and, and point number one is that we spend so much time at work. For those of you that are professionally passionate, majority of your time just goes there. That's where it is. And that's how it always has been for me. Um, you know, I have been professionally passionate for as long as I can remember that it has gone number one in front of a lot of things, including myself and my health, which is a lot of what we talk about and how to get that balance back to where it needs to be. That's a journey that I'm still working on and still healing from. But, you know, uh, as somebody for me and, and looking at one of the biggest things is that I've spent so much of my adult life at work, uh, that it is, it is my work. And, and taking that one step further is that here's point number two is that we allow work to define who we are. And if we're going to talk about the last decade of my life, last even 12 years of my life, if you asked me who I was and I had to define it in one sentence, it was going to go directly to my profession. Um, now I had this rude awakening when, well, number one, when I got married and I was able to say that I'm a wife and I have a husband, but then also when I had children and I could say that I was a mother, I mean, that really did some weird things internally for me because I had these now three roles that equally were important fighting for each other. Whereas before I was just very driven professionally, um, and very concerned about how that all worked because I truly believed that my profession defined me. Um, it defined if I was successful in life or I wasn't successful in life. And that's why it dictated where I spent most of my time. I mean, time and our time goes towards the place where we truly believe is, is a place that defines us is truly one of the actions that defines who we are as people. And for me, career professionally, um, that all went together. And that's something that I was not ready to give up. It's a big piece of how I'm made. It's a, a big, piece, big piece of how I function and live daily and truly believe that my overall purpose, that there's this professional aspect there. So when I was talking about the work-love uh, experience and when it kind of came to be and when I was putting it together, it was coming from a place of thinking about individuals who find that they spend so much of their time at work, not necessarily because the work is so demanding, and I think that's a piece of it, but also because they want to be there. Um, I had very demanding jobs, but I also had counterparts in similar jobs that were not working as many hours as I was. I was there because I wanted to be. And that was directly tied to that I allowed my work to define who I was. And that is why when I wasn't working, and here's the third point, is that we spend so much time preparing for work. So if you want to talk about um, from a social aspect or doing things that was not directly work-related, 
uh, I was going to conferences. I was hanging out with people who were my colleagues and we were talking about work. Um, we would go to social settings and when I find out what other people did, I would use that as um, opportunities to basically pick their brains. Like, uh, you know, I'm from an HR background, so for a period of time I was very excited when I ran into an attorney at a, at a social event, especially an attorney that specialized in employee relations because I wanted to like share my experiences and learn from them. But I spent so much time doing that. And then even going back to school, I mean, what basically propelled me to get my master's degree is not because I had a desire to get my master's. It was so that I could perform better so I could reach the next level in my professional work environment that defined who I am. It all tied to tied together. That's how once again, that's how I was driven. That's how I function. Um, and I know that I'm not alone in that because my husband actually <laughs> actually parallels with this quite um, parallels. I'm losing the word. It's kind of like right there with me on all of this. You know, um, as far as, you know, when we were dating, we're both professionally focused. We both defined ourselves by our jobs. And we also spent a lot of time preparing and staying in tune with our industries for work. And then the last uh, of these first four that I want to point out is that we allow work to have the power over us. So when I say we in all of these points, the we that I'm talking about is who this program this experience was built for is those that could relate those who, uh, who I feel like my experiences can resonate with and help. Um, and so this collective we that's out there, and I know that I was like this is that power had work, had the power to basically make, make me have a good day or a bad day based off of what happened at work. If I got a um, critical piece of criticism, you know, I really took it to heart. It really would morph and, and drive what I would be doing and spending my time and my focus for the next weeks. And I'm not saying that that doesn't impact everybody because uh, it does, but at what depth and what level when you're talking about work kind of feeding into your identity, feeding into where you spend all of your time feeding into uh, what your primary focus is all around, um, you put a lot of emphasis on this position, on this, this place, which is true. I mean, we spend so much time at work, whether you are going above and beyond or you're just working to get by. There's just so much time that you spend, you know, eight to five every week um, can can take a toll if you do uh, four tens like you do in healthcare, whether it's clinical or non-clinical, uh, you know, 40 hours a week are spent in this workplace and they do have some kind of power. You know, we talk about this concept of being able to leave work at the door when you go home and then leaving home at the door when you go to work. And, you know, for those who are truly professionally passionate and driven uh, and really having a connection to a professionally professional purpose kind of driven life, that's almost impossible to do. One impacts the other, whether it's life from home coming into the work life or it's work 
coming into home. And in fact, in a lot of my experiences, it was something that happened at work that actually was creating um, tension or arguments at home um, where almost to a place of, of saying that it, it can't, we can't talk about it because, or the resulting reaction that I had from something at work was causing me to put in more hours. And that was, that was hurting my, my home life. And that's, you know, when it comes down to it, it is this competition and priorities and work because I felt very purposeful about my professional life. I, I, uh, it was an important priority to me. It was for these, for these four reasons that I just said. Now, what does this have to do with, you know, the work love experience and getting it created? Well, those first four points kind of really point out who, who probably could benefit the most from this experience. Um, if any of those resonated with you and I was saying, we, if you felt like you were part of that collective, we, that's who this experience was built for is someone who spends so much time at work, who spends so much time preparing for work, who allows work to define who they are and who allows work to have power over us. And none of them are bad things. I certainly don't view them like that. I, I certainly view them as a strength. I view them as what truly has empowered me to do the work that I do today that I think has an immense impact on several people and has caused me to be more blessed uh, and thankful than I have ever been in my entire life. Um, I think that it's not a sign of having an unbalanced life. I think that these individuals, just like myself, struggle a little more with having a balanced life because there's so many things that are taught out there about that we shouldn't want these things, that these things should not have an impact on us. And, you know, when it's, if it's embedded in the core, it is who we are and we have to figure out what that means. Um, and what is that balance that is right for us with that professional component being considered. And when we do that, that's when we have the chance to truly be happy. Um, and that's kind of where the title came from of work, love, you know, do what you love, love what you do. Um, because I know for me without work, I don't know if I would really love what I do in life in life in general. I mean, I, I mean, that's so much broader than just the eight to five, the people that I'm talking about in this collective, we don't look at it from the eight to five when you're truly passionately driven professionally, there is no line for you. It's so difficult to draw that line. And so the biggest lesson that I learned is that, you know, especially in business, we want to talk about engagement. We want to talk about engaging people because we know the correlation between engagement and productivity, engagement and increased revenue, um, engagement and increased retention. But what we really need to talk about is disengagement and what causes that, not not from a place of organizationally, what are we doing? What's wrong with the culture? I mean, those are things to explore as well. But the piece that I think we've been missing for so long is talking about disengagement on an individual level. 
there is a point in time for each of us individually because we're all made up completely different. Some of us might have things in common. You might share perceptions on things, but we're all completely different. That's what makes us diverse in nature, which makes organizations stronger. But for each of us, there are different points, significant points in our careers, in our work lives that cause us to disengage for different reasons, whether there's a buildup and then it happens there, whether it's a specific event that that taps on your values in a wrong way. Um, there are specific moments that cause us to disengage. These are those disengagement moments. And I think that these are probably some of the darkest moments of our careers, moments that, you know, for we who allow work to have power over us don't like to dwell on these dark moments. Um, they may still hurt. They may still make us angry. They make us sad. And I say this because I went through cycles and cycles ending in disengagement moments where I worked at incredible places with incredible people and for whatever reason ended the same way at the end of a three to five year cycle of being miserable or not happy or wanting more and thinking that there was something wrong with me. And when I started to go back to find out the path of disengagement to getting to the point of ultimate disengagement where I had to leave or find other employment, um, there were lessons there. There were lessons that were available to me to teach me exactly what I needed to engage what I needed, when I say engage, yes, it's a perk to the organization. Yes, it's a perk to my um, my boss, or maybe to my um, bottom line for performance-wise and how I, I grow. But when I say engagement, I, I view engagement as happiness. The answer for me to be professionally satisfied and beyond satisfied, to be professionally happy, was in those darkest moments in that path to disengagement. Those what I call disengagement moments. Um, and I just didn't want to look at them. They just stirred something so strong inside me. I didn't want to explore them further. I may have vented about them. I may have talked about them so much that I was so tired about saying the words or talking about those individuals, but I didn't want to learn the lesson that was there about myself. And that is really what drove me to create this entire experience is this collectively, which I know I'm not alone because I've seen several of my colleagues go through the same thing. Like I said, I've seen my, my husband having similar habits to know that that collective week exists beyond me and to create a way to go back and learn the lessons that have been there that caused these cycles of disengagement. And these cycles and this level of disengagement varies for everyone. It can be that you've gotten to a place where you've thought about leaving, where you've thought about looking for a new job, and maybe you are already. This place of disengagement could be that you don't want to at this point in time where you are in your stage of your life and your season of life that you can't go find another job. But you're not going to engage like you used to. So you're just finding a place to get comfortable and just ride it out until you reach retirement. Um, this place of disengagement can just be starting where 
you just don't feel like you did when you first started. Um, there's a, a really close friend and colleague that posts on social media all the time. She asks you to remember the first day of your job and why you went in there and all the excitement that was there. And if you are finding yourself remembering back to that and then realizing that there's this huge gap or distance between what you feel like now between them, and even if it's not a huge gap, if there is a gap or a distance or a hesitation or just a difference in how you feel now versus how you felt on day one, that is what this experience is all about. So moving into March, I want to basically share three lessons with you uh, that I learned. These were my outcomes from reviewing and not even reviewing, but reflecting back and getting real with my moments of disengagement in those cycles and share those with you as takeaways. So each week I'm going to share with you a lesson and then I'm also going to provide you with a guided visualization exercise for you to learn something about yourself in relation to that lesson that I've gotten from the disengagement um, reflection that I did. This week, if you want to take the challenge, is I want you to really get real with yourself and find out where you stand in relation to all of this. What resonated with you? Maybe none of it. And if so, then go listen to another fabulous podcast for the month of March because you're in a great place and celebrate that and enjoy it and be eternally grateful uh, that you are in a place of joy right now. Um, if things did resonate with you, if you felt like you're part of that collective we, or kind of part of that collective we, or when I'm saying moments of disengagement, if some came to mind, whatever they may be, I want you to get real and just write them down and write a list and know the answer to basically the initial question, you know, is this experience something that was potentially designed for you? Um, and if so, do you want to find work love, which is happiness for you personally and professionally? Because if you are part of that collective we, there is no way to break that line into. Okay. So um, that is my challenge to you this week. Next week, we will kick off with lesson number one from my moments of disengagement. Um, and if you are at all interested in checking and learning more about this work love experience that is coming at the end of the month, um, March 30th, I believe I'm going to pull up and check the date because I keep forgetting. Yes, March 30th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at our offices in York, Pennsylvania. You can check that out at worklove.leadershiparts.org. There'll also be a link in the show notes on the website if you're on our website, leadershiparts.org. Uh, as always, I, I always, if I can talk, as always, I love to hear back from you. If anything kind of struck a chord, spoke to you, resonated with you, or if you have any kind of questions, we have a form on our website right below the show notes. It's called TFWN form, which stands for thoughts, feelings, wants, needs, and questions that may have come up during this time. And if you think that this 
episode or what we're going to be talking about in March can resonate with any of your friends, please share on any of your social media channels using the buttons that can be found to the left-hand side of the post page on the website. And last but not least, if you really want to help us out on Random Ramblings and get us out there, the best way to do that is to leave us a review on iTunes. And you can also find out how to do that in the show notes as well. As always, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and having a listen to, especially, I shouldn't even say especially today, I'm so grateful any day that you listen, but thank you so much for joining me today to hear a little bit about a project that has been so near and dear to my heart um, that I'm so excited to just share with you this month about how this materialized, how it manifested, and who I hope it serves. So with that, have a great week, and I will talk to you next week. See you.